Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this week's edition of 48 Minutes. Uh, we are excited because uh, an alumni has returned. And he has brought a friend with them. So I am Tim Daniel as your regular host. But we're going to do a little lottery mock today. And our good friend who just had his team win the lottery, I see him sporting that Detroit Pistons track jacket today in pride, is back with us. Good luck, Kyle. Kyle Brandon. What's up, buddy? Hey, man. What a good time to return. Pistons uh, are, are on the rise. Playoff basketball is in full swing or ending or whenever people are listening to this and uh, an exciting draft ahead. So excited yeah, to be back. Absolutely. And also joining us, uh, he's going to be part of the network now. We're really excited to bring him on. He'll be working with Kyle as his PIC. This is Mr. Joseph Micucci. What's up, man? How are you? What's going on? Um, not as in a great of spot as Kyle with the, with my <laughs> beloved Pacers at 13, but um, we got Rick Carlisle coming back and I told Kyle leading up to the draft lottery, I was going to support the Pistons getting the number one pick as some central division karma. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't you know it, they got that number one pick and I was rewarded with our boy, Ricky C. So there you go. Things are good. Excited to be joining the network, excited to get into this mock with you guys today and see where, uh, where it goes from here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I'm sure if you're following basketball Twitter right now, you've seen a lot of mock draft podcasts, TV, you know, streams, YouTube videos, whatever. Um, and you're seeing it done kind of the same way. Uh, we figured that no one cares after pick 14. So we're just going to do the lottery in and of itself. Uh, and how we're going to do it is to make it easier instead of like a situation where someone, where there are two guys pick for one team, uh, the way that the straws were drawn, Kyle will be picking for the Warriors. They'll so have both their picks. Joe will be picking both picks for the Magic, just so that way we know what's going on. But Kyle, obviously, I couldn't have him do this with us and not have him have the first pick. That had been very unfair. And Joe, obviously, will be picking for his beloved Pacers. So we're going to do the lottery. There are no trades because we just don't want to make this difficult. Uh, we know there are more than likely to be trades at draft night where somebody will be wearing a different hat for a different team because it happens every year. Uh, DeAndre Hunter was a Laker, then a Pelican, then a Hawk on a span of 30 minutes. <laughs> at his draft night so um we'll go ahead and get started kyle obviously uh we know where we're here on the board number one the detroit pistons we have been uh we've been on the clock and this one i i wouldn't uh i wouldn't let too much time go down with the number one pick the detroit pistons are going to be selecting cade cunningham out of oklahoma state university i'm very very excited um I, I really didn't struggle with it. I know Pistons Twitter has kind of, um, you know, been a little shaky even on this one. Um, do we go Jalen Green? Do we go Cunningham? And, and the real reason for any doubt would be the fit with Killian Hayes. But I think if this playoffs has taught us anything, and specifically I'm looking at like, I'm looking at the Mavericks and kind of how Luca is, not that not that it's a perfect comp by any means, but I mean, if we're looking at kind of that same prototype, 
um, you know, Luca could use another playmaker this playoffs, especially. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, I think it's great to have another, another playmaker and Killian with them. And also once you're at this level of this talent, I mean, I don't think that you worry about Killian Hayes or anything like that. I, I like Killian. I'm excited to have him. He's, you know, still six, five. That's a lot of length out there on the court. We know that, uh, that Troy Weaver does like length. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I see the fit, fit working perfect. Um, I like that Cade can play off ball with Killian. He'll have um, a little bit better floor spacing, um, definitely with Sadiq Bay, which is great. Yeah, um, my guys. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, Isaiah Stewart. I mean, he still has some potential to stretch a little bit. Um, Jeremy Grant is just an all-around good scorer, um, but he's not necessarily like a, you know, a three-point sniper. Um, but he can definitely stretch the floor a bit. So I think Cade will kind of be in a better position there. Um, first pick, best player available. And to me, it's it's noticeably the best player available. Love it. Um, no qualms. Can't wait for draft night when I'm finally able to buy his jersey. Yeah, I and just to piggyback, I, for all the reasons that you just listed, I think that's why Cade needs to go to Detroit. But it's, yeah. I'm just so over hearing all the trade options for you know oh oklahoma city is gonna make a godfather no just stop detroit is taking kate cunningham there's you know there's forty thousand other nba storylines we can be talking about right now just stop detroit is gonna get kate like yep it's a it's a great fit first off like um you mentioned him and killian together and just those high actions they can run with one being the off ball man, the other just kind of controlling the offense, but always having that option to kick it to Sadiq Bay. Yep. It's just, it's a no brainer pick to me. It's going to get Colin Gillespie in the NBA. The fact he had Sadiq Bay to pass the ball quite a bit. And that's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. I, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, like I said, Pistons Twitter has found a way to, um, to struggle with this a little bit and some turmoil there, but, uh, no need. It's yeah. It's all, it's all gravy. Cause we're taking cake. Yeah. yeah. You know, I love, uh, I love my top point guards. So, um, yeah. I mean, does anyone else have, does anyone else have green or Mobley here? Uh, number one on their board. No, I love no. those guys, no. but, yeah. um, I mean, Mobley was the number one recruit in the country for a long time. Um, so, you know, there's, there's reason why he's that talented and he's up there, but, for me, you know, you're getting Cade Cunningham. It's a three-point shooting Penny Hardaway with the size and the passing ability. Like you said, the ability to play off ball. Um, one thing that was really underrated when you look at his film at Oklahoma State was how good of a cutter he was to the rim. It feels like that wasn't really described as much as like his shooting ability, his passing ability, his basketball IQ. But just a guy that can score on all three levels just brings such a dynamic to your team. And uh, yeah, point guard of the future for the Pistons. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm saying with Killian is they're like, how does he fit? Killian can be the primary ball handler Mm -hmm. and he can get a switch and then he can get the ball over to Cade and and just, I don't know, put him in better spots. So I I think it just makes all the sense in the world. I I really think what has happened is that we've all been so sure of Cade Cunningham for two or three years now at the very least. And I think it's just that classic scenario. Oh, it's, it's actually almost showtime. And now people are just getting stage right. Cause they're like, 
well maybe maybe it's not kate and it's like no just stick with your gut yeah it's, we've it's been, not we've hard been sold on him yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's not hard don't overthink it this is what it is um so let's go ahead and move forward joe you're on the clock at number two with the houston rockets who uh didn't get ben simmons for some reason no they they decided not to um <laughs> instead they were like let's go ahead and well, we'll make the trade with Brooklyn and we'll get Karis LeVert, but oh, let's flip him to the Pacers for Victor Oladipo. Great, great move there. Um, anyway, I, I've been going back and forth with this pick uh, between Jalen Green and Evan Mobley pretty much since we've set the draft order. Um, but I'm going to stick with my initial guns. I think the Rockets are going to take Jalen Green number two. Um, I really, I, I know you can say, well, they're not in a spot with their rebuild where they're looking for fit. They just want talent, but I think talent wise and fit wise, it's really good. I love the idea of Kevin Porter jr. At your one who, you know, we saw over the back half of that season when he started getting more run, his assist numbers started going up. He exploded at the G league bubble. He was so good in the G league bubble um, to the point where he was in telling the Rockets like, Hey, get Jalen green. I want to play with him. I love that backcourt with Christian wood in in the high pick and roll action. And just, it just, I really love it. I love Jalen green overall. He's such an explosive player. Just the athleticism is there. I think the defense is not as much of a knock as people may think he got better over the course of that G league season. Brian Shaw raved about how he wanted to be coached. Um, we've heard multiple stories from Jarrett Jack about how when he first got to the team, Jalen Green sought him out for, for coaching and, you know, tips and stuff. So I just, he's a sponge. I think he really fits what Houston's going to be looking to go to moving forward. I, I just like the pick a lot. So I, I'm going to go with Jalen Green number two. I'm really glad you did that because I really was going to, you know, I really knew what I wanted at three. So I'm, I'm yeah. glad you did this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I love it. I, you know, I think that, you know, those three are obviously, this, you know, the top four obviously are just no brainers. I think in this draft, mm-hmm. um, you mentioned everything about green, but you know, the age is definitely a factor. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to see him obviously get better to free throw line. You know, that's the kind of the thing that jumps out the most about him. But um, I think, you know, he played, you know, like I said, the way he played in the bubble was really ju- just jumped off the field, you know, jumped off the television screen. And even that first game of Kuminga was playing really well. He still had his moments mm-hmm. where he contributed. So, yeah, I like it. Yeah, me too, man. I think, uh, I mean, as a as a Bulls guy, Tim, I don't know what you think about uh, like the Zach Levine comparisons. I do like that um, comparison. Yeah, but I mean, especially as of late, I mean, that's that's pretty pretty valuable there. Um, you know, so I, I think his athleticism is is pretty insane, um, and, and I I don't know defensively he's he's aggressive. Sometimes he gets burned for being aggressive, but yeah, I, I mean, not any like glaring holes in his game. Yeah, um, and I I do think that he will end up being a dynamic scorer like Zach Levine. I do think he'll he'll pan out pretty well. So yeah, and I think you know. And I actually wanted to kind of say this at the beginning of this, just because you see going through all these prospects, you run into the guys and most of these guys, you hit the knock of like needs to get more assertive, better decision-making. And it's like, you say that about most of these guys, cause they're 18, 19 years old. Right. Like it. So yes, he's a tough shot maker, which means he's going to be a tough shot taker shot selection. 
he had his questions, but that's things that as you get into the league and as you transition into having that, that coaching staff, that's not afraid to tell you, stop doing this. I, I think those are small things that he will clean up in his game, polish up. And it, it, there's just one thing I can't forget to mention with him kind of, you know, just the intangible, if you will, he did his GQ, my top 10 essentials and his number one, his number one essential Totino's pizza rolls. So I can't knock a guy that's got great taste off the court as well with his cuisine. Um, so again, <laughs> a man really after my own it. heart, yeah. <laughs> a man after my own heart. Yeah, no, I, his shot selection might not be perfect, but he is confident. He is confident. Yes. And if he, if he starts missing, you know, a, a couple threes or something like that, this man doesn't get boomed mentally. He, you know, is still confident enough to, to get right back out there and take the shots. So um, I, the shot selection thing doesn't really bother me because he has a confidence and I, I don't think it's something that'll rattle him. So plus yeah. he's the pioneer, man. He was, he was the first guy to sign for the ignite team. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's just ready and willing, which I really love that about him. I do agree with you though, Tim, I would like to see him get to the free throw line more. I think he only averaged about two or three attempts a game. Um, so his free throw percentage is a bit of an anomaly because he's not taking a lot of attempts and with the, with him being as explosive as he is, like he should be willing to draw more contact because he can, he can get to the room with such ease. So I, I do agree. That's the one area I'd love to see him improve upon. Yeah. And I think he will over time. I think, you yeah. know, we've seen him be able to shoot a time. So I think it's gonna, you know, that, that eventually comes through. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm at three with the Cavs. I was really excited because I feel like this is just the absolute perfect fit for them. Uh, I'm taking Evan Mobley from USC. Um, oh yeah. You know, I think as far as a seven footer that can stretch the four, it's kind of, you're seeing this a lot in the NBA now and he has the skill set to shoot. You know, he showed it last year, the PAC 12 is not exactly, you know, the big 10, what the big 10 was last year in college basketball by any means. But, you know, when he played in top notch games, you know, he got that team to the sweet 16, um, can score, you know, can, can, he's really good. He's a underrated passer. My issues with Evan Mobley is why I thought this was necessary. Perfect fit was his issue because he's not the best rebounder, but you know, Cleveland traded for Jared Allen for a reason to be their center of the future, to be there to clean the boards, to be their rim protector. Um, and so Mobley can kind of focus more on the offensive side, be a help defender. And, you know, the Cavaliers really need to start thinking about, you know, unfortunately they still have two years left with Kevin Love. It's time to think about life after him, which should have been two years ago. Yeah. Um, but I think Mobley is the perfect step. He's the perfect fit for the calf with those guards. Yeah. Uh, I totally agree. He is not, um, he's, he's kind of like a four or five, mm -hmm. um, and rebounding is definitely not his strength. But when we talk about a guy that is a four or five, that is still a block specialist that has a really good offensive game. Joe, does that ring any bells to you? You know, it's funny you say that, Kyle. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, a certain uh, Indiana Pacer that for some reason gets knocked way more than he should. A certain Miles Turner, if yeah. you will. Uh, and I that's exactly who I see when I look at Evan Mobley. I look at him, a broader skill set. He's a much better passer than Turner. That's without question. His court vision is almost Bam at a bio-esque, the way he just is able to see the, see the reads with the passing touch. It, I, I love Evan Mobley. Um, it's, I, I really think the defensive upside is what really, really sells me on him. He can guard the perimeter mm -hmm. beautifully. 
I think the biggest question is how do you keep his perimeter speed while building him into a more NBA body, just getting his strength up, you know, making sure he doesn't lose that step as he puts a little bit more muscle and weight on. Um, but yeah, I love Evan Mobley going to, excuse me, Cleveland at three. Yeah. When I watched the USC games and during the regular season, it was not often, right? I mean, yeah, you're not up at 2 a.m. to start to, for tip off. <laughs> yeah. But it, when, when he was on, it was like, oh, you know, I know Mobley is supposed to be a big prospect. And there was a decent amount of times where um, you'd kind of forget that he's on the court, which would be my only knock. Um, and, and why I think it's even a better fit to have Jalen Green two and Mobley three. Yeah. Um, and I, that also comes with the position. I mean, he, you know, he's not going to set his own plate necessarily. Um, so it makes sense. But uh, yeah, I think that's really like my only knock is um, sometimes just kind of forgettable. But I mean, you see that even with DeAndre Ayton in the finals, right? Yeah. Like as, as great as DeAndre Ayton has been, there's times where guys like him just kind of go forgotten um, and not yeah, necessarily to his fault, but it just kind of comes with it. So, I mean, we just watched Aiton have probably the quietest 20 and 10 NBA finals game I've ever seen. I remember yeah. watching that game last night and I was just like, wait, he's at 20 points right now. I, it's right. just, <laughs> and so, and that's not a knock to Aiton. Like you said, it's just, it, he's not the one that's that's setting and running the offense so it, he's relying on the ball getting to him yeah yeah which maybe cleveland won't be the best team because we know garland sex aren't ones to you know pass the ball so uh, it's not their <laughs> thing yeah and i actually did um not to dive too deep in on cleveland because i know we have other picks to get to but um i i you mentioned you know how he fits next to jared allen so i i'm guessing you're you're in the boat that cleveland should match any offers to allen in free agency yeah, they trade. They yeah. gave up that asset, and they get you know they traded for him for a reason. Um, yeah, you know, hopefully it's you know hopefully Larry Nance could be freed because I think he'd be a really great role player on a good NBA team. So hopefully with them bringing Mobley in, they can get him somewhere where he can be successful and be a, like helpful rotation player. Very cool. Yeah, and I think this is something I think will get brought up again in the draft, but like defensively that is where you want your strength is, is down low. Um, mm -hmm. That's really going to be your defensive anchors. Like lockdown guards are just, it's not so often that you right. see those, right? Being far between. Uh, yeah. But I mean, the shot blocking ability um, of Mobley and, and the rim protection of Jared Allen. I mean, that'd be, that'd be pretty solid in the middle. Yeah. I know that Jared Allen has a highlight reel of just about anyone that's ever made an all-star <laughs> team. Um, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, there's clips of him blocking Magic Johnson and Isaiah right. Thomas. Yeah, it's crazy. Right. This man found a time machine and blocked everybody. <laughs> right, yeah. So I like it. Me too. All right, Kyle, so you're up at four for the Toronto Raptors. So I will say, I think I tried to get too cute for a moment. And I looked into Jonathan Kaminga for a second. Okay. Yeah. We, we know Masai Ujiri likes to be a trendsetter. We know that he likes to do stuff a bit different. Jonathan Kaminga is like, if you said, who is the Raptors guy on this? I think the first guy on that list is Jonathan Kaminga. But I think the second guy and the better pick and fit 
would be Suggs. So yeah. I, I would pick Suggs oh, out yeah. of Gonzaga. Um, I mean, I think he'll, I think he will fit perfectly there in their backcourt. Um, he is a leader. He's a, he is a big time gamer for sure. Um, he was a top 10, 11 recruit coming out. Um, went to, went to Gonzaga cause he wanted to win a title. I know we're not Gonzaga fans here, myself, <laughs> myself included. Um, but no, he, I mean, he wanted to be a winner for a team that isn't really a one and done program that Gonzaga isn't necessarily known for their one and dones. Right. Um, and he went there and he showed that leadership. I know that everyone's heard that he is a quarterback. I mean, he, I think he clearly showed that. Um, and he just has a little bit of everything, honestly. Um, good size, great in transition. Um, I think, I think that his floor is really high too. I, I, I don't see any way that he is not, I mean, probably like a starter for his whole career uh, six yeah, man yeah. at the very worst. I, I just think that he's, that he's going to be good. I do think he has a little bit of a ceiling, um, but that's fine. I mean, I think that he could be, not that we have to do a player count for everyone, but I, I could see him being like a John Wall almost, um, someone like that. And and that's that's a good career. I mean, that'll get you a contract that's worth too much. And um, yeah, I mean, that would be a, a good pick for them. So um, I like it. I hope they stay away from Kaminga just because I just, they haven't fully committed to a rebuild. I think a Kaminga pick would, would show that. Yeah, I think that um, as much as I think Masai Ujiri would like to do a rebuild, that's just not not what they're doing right now. And they already have two really good wings in uh, in Ananobi and in Siakam, and so I think Suggs really really rounds out um, their roster. Yeah, I I love Suggs going to Toronto here. Um, it, you kind of mentioned it, but you know, the, the quintessential, did you know he played football? Did you guys know that? I, I never heard it. What he all did? Yeah. Did you know uh, that Matt Stafford and Kershaw, <laughs> that they were roommates? <laughs> it's we're, we're there but, with it. Uh, but yeah, I, I love Suggs and I, this is, I was trying to talk myself out of Jalen Suggs going into this draft because uh, to kind of go with the theme of not liking Gonzaga, yeah, I, I don't like Gonzaga that much, um, but you just go and watch the tape. I mean, he is, I think, the floor general of this draft. Yeah. Um, he just, com- the way he just commands the pace when you see him bringing the ball up, and you know, I could just regurgitate what Kyle just said. I think the play that really just sells me and should sell anybody on him is that play against UCLA. Shot not, of the year, the man. Shot, not the shot, not the shot. Um, where he makes that weak side recovery to get the block with his left hand. Oh yeah. Gets the rebound, turns it up court in transition and on a dime does a cross court bounce pass to Timmy to, um, to finish the playoff. I mean, I think you just look at that play and you just see this guy would be beloved in Toronto. They love those high motor, just never quit dudes. And so mm-hmm. I, I think Suggs fits in wonderfully with the Raptors. Yeah. Yeah. I think you guys kind of hit that perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I will also say it is Masai. I don't think we should be surprised if we see Toronto somehow either trade out of that number four to get more picks or get another asset. Um, 
I personally hope they don't, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I think Suggs is perfect. You could combo guard. Um, you know, this is the end of Kyle Lowry. What's it's looking more and more likely that he won't be playing for the Raptors next year. And um, he'll actually get to like be in We the North because it looks like all things are turning towards Suggs to be able to play in Toronto this year. Yeah. And, yep. and not Tampa. So that would be good for him. For sure. So Joe, you're up. You have the first of your two Orlando Magic picks. And this is where things get a little interesting. Yes. And it's actually funny that Kyle mentioned that he was thinking about taking Kaminga at four um, because I had this like maybe 1% plan in my head of like, man, what if Suggs does fall here? So it's, it's funny that you almost took him, uh, but I'm also not taking Kaminga at five. I think Scotty Barnes is the pick Damn for it. Orlando. Um, and I love it. I yeah. Love I, it. I also thought about taking Kaminga here too, uh, but I just, Orlando is you just look at what their plan is and you go, what is your plan? I, I still can't figure out what they're trying to do. I think they are just in this spot where they are just throwing talent at a wall to see who sticks out. And so I think they're going to take the best available. And I think that's Scotty Barnes. Um, He's a dude that you can have him guard one through five. So defensively, you're not worried about what he gives up on that end. Um, He can run your offense. You can have him running off ball a little bit to be that high pick and roll screener to get to the rim. Cause his athleticism is, um, I just, I think Orlando takes Scotty Barnes here. Um, yes, you do wonder, can he develop the shot? Can he turn into actually somewhat of an outside threat? But I just think, I don't think you worry about that right now. If you're Orlando right now, you just want talent. You want to see if you can find maybe not even a cornerstone, but a solid piece to start to start your newest iteration of this what 15 year rebuild around mm. it so yeah scotty barnes is my pick out of florida state yeah i feel like that's easy i, I would have liked if you had taken kuminga so i gotta take yeah. scotty barnes but <laughs> yeah. um yeah i think um you're seeing what leonard hamilton's doing with wings of florida state and it just makes those mm-hmm. guys even more enticing you know for me obviously pat williams last year being a really good rookie who just showing like his upside of potential, the ability to guard the best part on the team every night. And Barnes kind of has a lot of that similarities, the athleticism. I think he's a little more athletic than Williams, obviously. Yeah. Um, but like you said, like where Kyle's kind of like talking about like four five, this guy's kind of like a four three where you can kind of just like move him in that wing situation. Um, really. I think the wingspan just kind of jumps out. Obviously and Orlando likes those long dudes, like you mentioned. Um, yeah. So, and obviously, obviously, I'll always be pulling for Wendell Carter Jr. So having a guy like that with him will, would be exciting for me. Yeah, I think they're, uh, man, they're bigs that they're stockpiling. I, I don't know what that rotation really looks like. But, uh, I mean, I think that we've seen value in, like, P.J. Tucker this mm-hmm. playoffs, mm-hmm. right? Um, P.J. Tucker is a guy that can get after – guys like Durant, which I know Durant still scores 40 points or whatever, but without a guy like PJ Tucker, Durant probably scores 50 to 60. Right. And like, you're probably not in the game at all. Um, if, if you don't have a guy like PJ Tucker, who I think Scotty Barnes could kind of be that guy, um, defensively, I think he can be the guy that will agitate you. Um, and offensively, he can be like a Draymond. Draymond led their team in assists many years in a row. He had more assists yeah. per game than, than Steph many years in a row. Um, I think that he can do that. I don't, you know, I think that his 
shooting is probably has a ceiling similar to Draymond's, but I think you take that. I think that you take a guy that is somewhere around Draymond to VJ Tucker to, to Patrick Williams, which is crazy that that's such a good comp because they were literally like running mates on this on the yeah. team. Um, but I think you just take that. Yeah. And I, um, I should have clarified a little bit too. When I, when I say develop his shooting, obviously I'm not saying let's turn him into a lights out, going to shoot you out of the gym, just enough to where defenses have to respect him when he has the ball in his hands. Yeah. So you hope he can um, get to league average. Exactly. Yeah. If you yeah. get him to league average, you've done a phenomenal job at that point, in my opinion. So, yeah. Yeah. I like it. So I'm six at OKC and there's about three guys here that you can kind of go through. Um, especially for a team that's rebuilding and just like stockpiling draft picks. That's like, we've all joked about. And as much as I love, you know, with the, the idea of Jonathan Kuminga, what he can be. And I love the idea of Keon Johnson, what it can be. Um, I went safe here. I think for OKC with what they're trying to do, they're trying to get guys that can put the ball in the bucket with Shea and Poku. So I went Franz Wagner. Um, for ah, me, nice. this was okay. I know it's a little higher than most people have. I know they have in that like eight to 11 area, but this is a guy that brings you everything. He doesn't turn the ball over. You know, he keeps, he, he's got a, he shoots well from the free throw line. He does have, you know, he does fight for rebounds. He's not the best rebounder by any means, but he does fight for them. Um, and, you know, we talk about Suggs and all those guys, like is Michigan in the elite eight without Wagner, like the things he brought to that team and helping Juwan Howard in this transition become the head coach. It's something teams are really going to like. And having a guy like Shea, obviously, who, you know, Shea's the future. That's the guy they're building around. Um, giving him a spot-up shooter he can put in the corner when he's driving and dishing is perfect for them. And obviously, I know everyone loves Poku, myself included. So I feel like that's a really fun group that you can kind of start this, like, this new run with OKC. I think one thing I love about this, outside of just what Wagner can bring from a potential offensive side, his defensive IQ it's through through. And I love the idea of Shea, Ludor, and Wagner as that, as that just defensive front. I mean, oh, that's, I love that for Oklahoma City. Um, I think, uh, oh, that, that's, I never even, I didn't think about that as a fit. Like you, when you said Wagner there, I was like, oh my God, I, I love it. Um, I, I don't have a huge, thing or excuse me i don't have a spiel that i could add on top of that besides the defense by cube but i mean just you know you you love what he can bring in that front i think the shooting percentage isn't where you'd like it to be but i think he hits enough shots when teams sag off of him that makes them have to respect him on the offensive end um plus his handles really fluid has excellent court vision so he has glimpses of you know really solid playmaking upside as well to help shea out there um on the in the half court side of things as well <laughs> Yeah, it's not the sexiest of the three by any means, but no. I feel like it's the safest. Yeah. No, but it is also okay to just take the guy that is like good at everything with mm -hmm. a good, like that is good size, good at everything, not great at anything, but he's good at everything. Um, I think my only thing would be OKC has so many swings at these picks that do they take safe picks or are they going to take like these big home run swings? Um, but I wouldn't have a problem with, with Franz there at all. Um, again, just a very, very good solid guy that you could throw in your rotation. It, those guys are good to have. Yeah. Agreed. I'm excited about, you know, what he could be there if that was to be a workout. 
um, the weird height of him and Poku and all those guys would be kind of hilarious to watch, but you know, yeah. as you're here or there. So Kyle, you have the first of your two picks for the Warriors here. All right. So now you're throwing me a curveball because <laughs> two things. One, we're not doing trades, and that's not what I'm doing here. But if if the Warriors were to do a trade, it would have to be after draft night. And I think that they would want Kaminga because he is the best asset on the board. But I don't think that Kaminga fits really their window at all. Mm-mm. Gosh, they have two swings at this, and are they not taking Kaminga at seven? I just think that they need a guy that is a rotational guy for them now. I don't think that they have a ton of depth. They have um, what Herta Gomez and and they have uh jordan Poole and and like who else is coming off the bench for them yeah i guess i guess jordan bell's back with them i forgot about that at the end of the year ah okay that doesn't (laughs) yeah that doesn't really do too much for me so um i just think that they need a guy that can play now and i think a guy that can play now would be davion mitchell is who i would pick at seven yeah um a guy that just kind of is going to make his money by being a defensive guy. That's who he was, was a defensive guy. And then he showed that he could be an offensive guy, which is great. Um, I mean, he can score at all three levels. I don't super trust the three-point percentage. I think that that's an anomaly that will definitely regress uh, more to the mean. He's not a 45% three-point shooter. Um, his free throw percentage is pretty rough. So I think if if that's any indication, that that three-point percentage will definitely come down. Um, but, you know, he's got six four wingspan, which is fine. He's a little short, but he's a dog. He's a dog. And I think that um, when you have Steph out or when you have Clay out, um, having someone else that can either – run the offense or um, can just be kind of that lockdown perimeter defender, which we were talking about earlier. Guards aren't really lockdown defenders. This guard, even though he's six, one, six, four wingspan, I think he could actually be kind of close to that, to that lockdown defender. So a guy that they can throw in, um, he can get, you know, a little bit of minutes early in the season. And then as the season goes on, I think that he would be ready for a playoff push to to be in kind of their eight-man rotation um, for a real playoff push this year. And I just don't know if I could say the same about a guy like Kaminga, unfortunately. Yeah, so, I agree. I completely agree. They're, I mean, they're in, a, they're in a really lucky spot to where they don't have to worry about who the best guy on the board is. They can just pick who's the best guy for their system and their needs right now. Yeah, I think people are heavily underestimating the notion that Clay Thompson is coming back next season. So they're not looking for a starter. That like Golden State is not looking for a starter with this draft pick, and that's why I, I love Davion Mitchell here because um, I know you and I have talked about this um, leading up to this mock. We were talking about how Davion Mitchell really has that potential to be the like the gap guard. So when Steph goes off, you can run Davion Mitchell and Clay together. But then when Clay goes off, you can run Steph and Davion Mitchell together. Um, while I definitely am also in the same boat that I think his three-point shooting is going to regress, he's still shown the ability to thrive and catch and shoot situations. 
So you can run him off ball when Steph's on the court. You can have him on ball when Clay's on the court. I just, it's a really nice natural fit for the Warriors. Yeah, I'm so confused on the whole, like, well, how does he fit in their backcourt? And it's like, he doesn't. They're not draft. They're yeah. not drafting a starter right here at seven because yeah. they're going to try and compete for a championship this year. No team is drafting a starter on a championship team at seven right now. Yeah. Like for this, like it's not happening. And so I, as far as how does, how does he fit again? Rotation. Also how does he fit in a, in a small ball lineup with, with, you know, Steph Davion and clay all out on the court at the same time. I mean, that's, you love that defensively if you're golden state. Um, I don't know. I mean, Steph's, you know, not where he was defensively. I know he was never the lauded greatest defender, but I mean, that's still really solid defensive rotation when you go small at the end of the day for Steve Kerr. So yeah, I think it's, I think Davon Mitchell here is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So Joe, you're now at eight, the second pick for the magic. This should have been uh, my Chicago bulls pick, but I will, mm. I will take Nikola Vucevic mm. and not be sad about it. I just wish they would have actually, I don't know, made the playoffs, but <laughs> yeah. Um, so with the eighth pick um, it's interesting that Kaminga is still here. I, they're not going to take Kaminga. Um, I have them taking James Booknight out of Connecticut. Um, oh, this it. is where, this is where, you know, now they, you know, they've gotten Scotty Barnes, to you know be their do it all defender run the transition now he's got a nice running mate with james book Knight. and i know they have a loaded rotation of backcourt between rj hampton and nicole anthony um and markel fultz but again i'm going to just circle back to what i said at the five pick they're not picking for fit they're picking for talent james book Knight's athleticism and shot making ability literally and figuratively jump off the page um i i think the way that he can immediately come in and just be a shot creator for this team you you love that already um uh and i just i i love what he can bring just with his explosiveness and just think about him and scotty barnes running in transition whether they are winning another 14 games next season that's still fun to watch in my eyes so Again, I, I think Book Knight goes here at eight. Yeah, he's a big ace guy, so I'll defer to you, Tim. But I, I do know that when I did my scouting on him, I thought the number one best fit that he could have would be to go to the Magic. Like that is, it, it seems like, ah, this he would fit perfectly on the Magic. And so I think that for their second pick, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Um, you're not going to find many people higher on him than me. Um, I got to see his first three college games because of the whole suspension thing. Yeah. So I was in Charleston, South Carolina, covering the Charleston Classic. And so I got to see him play like three days in a row. And I was courtside, and so I got to see him up close. And, they, you know, everything that you said jumps out. Uh, his ability to catch oops is really impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, his scoring ability and the fact that he feels like he's the best scorer every time he's on the floor really jumps out. He has a lot of like, and this isn't just because he went to UConn, um, has a lot of Jeremy Lamb to him. And mm, I think that's yeah. what I really like. Um, but more athletic and probably can jump a little higher than Lamb, but as a scorer, just really feels like he can do everything. Um, you've seen him have those 40 point nights in the in the you know in the big east, which isn't easy to do. So yeah, I love this pick for them. I think as far as like he can continue to grow talent, that's what they're looking to do. I think he's perfect for them. Yeah, and I think um a really solid comparison you know fit wise and kind of one of the main reasons why i 
took him here at eight, um, especially now that they've got Scotty Barnes, quote unquote, in our mock, is I think he can really thrive in an off-ball situation like a la Jamal Murray next to Jokic out in Denver. So mm. I, I think that's another real reason why I was like, yeah, this just makes a ton of sense. Um, you know, you have Scotty Barnes who can just run it in transition for days. The defense collapses on him when he goes to drive. Um, he can kick it out to book night who can then create a shot, knock it down. And uh, I love the Jeremy Lamb comparison as well. Cause he just, James book has never seen a shot that he didn't like. <laughs> so. Yep. And they, I mean, they lost Fournier last season mm-hmm. and I think that they are just kind of looking for more of that um, like two guard kind of scoring. They just need scoring. They yeah. definitely need scoring. So if you need scoring, book night is the perfect guy for you yes yes he is yeah (laughs) um all right so i'm at nine for sacramento uh we know that they have guards so that's you know for some reason i would love to take kuminga here but i don't necessarily feel like that's the best idea (laughs) (laughs) i don't think he's gonna slip this far i really don't (laughs) No, we have to eventually take him right yeah 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 um, yeah, fuck it. I was going to take Sanguin, but I'll take, I'll take Kaminga here just because I really feel like he's not going to fall that far. Um, yeah. I think athletic- at this point, someone's traded. Yeah. Someone's yeah. Traded. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the athleticism certainly there. Um, you know, at his role, he's probably compared to like, as far as like on his boards with guys like Kispert and Jalen Johnson. And um, I feel like his upside is probably higher than those. And also he didn't quit on his team like Jalen Johnson did. So teams will like that. So you know, Sacramento is always for like, let's take a risk in the draft, aka we took Marvin Bagley over Luka Doncic and Trey Young. Um, so <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just keep the trend going here. Um, obviously, you know, I love that they took Halliburton last year. He was terrific for them. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think Kuminga there, you know, your third guy potentially uh, to go with Fox and him. And hopefully you get a lot out of him. The athleticism is great, but when I talked to a couple scouts, they, uh, so when you went under the hood, there was a few things they did not like. That's all they would tell me. So that makes me worrisome, and that's probably why I believe a lot of teams will think he'll fall. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll stick the shot here if you're Sacramento at nine. Why not, right? Yeah, I think Sacramento, if if he's there at nine, they think this is best-case scenario for them, and uh, and they have a shot at a home run, potentially, you know, in a, in a wing that can, uh, you know, can handle the ball. So – and maybe can shoot. Maybe I don't know. Hasn't really done it, but I don't know. Yeah. Um. um oh, sorry. Go ahead, Kyle. My bad. No, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get back to it after, after we do our draft and we're talking about sleepers. Um. But I'm a bit confused why Kaminga hasn't fallen in the eyes of more people. Um. Clearly, he's fallen in, you know, us three. Um. You know, but I, I'm just a little confused. Um. Why he hasn't fallen to other people, but. We'll get to it. I think really the main reason he hasn't fallen is because of the draft age because he's so young. Um, so it's just the classic NBA front offices love seeing these young guys um, that could potentially develop into something special. And I think this is the case with Jonathan Kaminga. Um, I think the thing with him as well is, you know, he has proven if he gets hot from the mid range, he has that shot already. And when you look at, because the three-point shooting, not great, not great. But most of his misses were off the back of the rim. So if you get him with the right shooting coach to get him to understand, you know, put a little less on the shot, a little more arc, 
maybe you up those numbers. Um, yeah. The free throw percentage doesn't suggest that. I know that's kind of the a nice moot point to be like, all right, is he a good free throw shooter? He's not. But that he's just tricky. Um, he's definitely been out of the top, you know, outside that top four. He's been the hardest one for me to pin down. I, I'm, I I'm personally out on him. But again, I think if he's there at nine, the Kings are losing their minds. They're taking him. Yeah. I, I just don't feel like anyone that we've said so far has been risky. Like no one else is risky. You know what you get with these other guys. And I don't know if your team is that bad to where you need a top, you know, X pick, you know, if it's a top five, six, seven, eight, nine pick, then you for sure need a guy. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't want to swing on him personally, but yeah, I wouldn't either. I didn't love making that pick. It just felt yeah. like it was like, yeah, I know you kind of have to though. Right. Yeah, exactly. So that puts Kyle at 10 with the new Orleans Pelicans and whatever their plan is. Yeah. So um, I think that they're at a spot where they can, they can pick for fit. Um, I think they're also at a spot where they need to win. Now ish. Um, they're probably looking at the Hawks and saying, okay, look what they did in the off season. Look who they were before the season started. That needs to be us this year. Um, and so I think, I think they're going to obviously keep Zion. Brandon Ingram's a, a big part of their future. I think that they really like uh, Kira Lewis. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, I think, is going to be a piece. Um, but someone, I think, and so they already have a good amount of ball handlers, um, especially when you look at, like, Point Zion. Brandon Ingram is pretty good at creating his own shot. Um, and then your guards. So you need someone that's good off the ball. And I really like Moses Moody here. Um, yeah, six six shooting guard out of Arkansas, seven foot wingspan, which is insane. Um, Nineteen years old, he's just really good at moving without the ball. He's not the best three point shooter in here, but I, I do think that he'll be um, above average for sure in the league. Um, but just being able to get to his spots and being able to move and create space, I think that that's going to be huge for a guy like Zion to have bigger lanes um with moses moody moving around um yeah and i think he's a guy you can plug in pretty pretty instant he was one of the guys that that i loved um when when doing all this all this homework i was like man i i think that a lot of people could be in love with this guy and, and i would definitely understand why um yeah. so i i think this would be a great pick here i I love Moses Moody. I think he might be, I think he might be my favorite prospect outside of the top four. I think he is my favorite prospect in this draft. I, I love his ability to one, he gets to the line with veteran savviness and makes his free throw, which you cannot teach that, you know, you, that's something that's learned over the course of a career. But if you already have that at such a young age, that's huge for for new orleans to have a guy that because he hits his threes mostly off catch and shoot mm -hmm. so guys are going to have to respect that catch and shoot but he knows when to take advantage of the drives gets the bucket gets to the line uh, this is such a good fit for new orleans i'm so 
I hate that you picked him because I was really hoping he was going to fall to 13 for, for my Pacers. I don't expect him to be there on draft night. So I was prepping for him to not be there in this, but man, I, it's a I great love, fit. It's yeah, a great, it's a, it's, it's a, a wonderful fit. Yeah. yeah. He is, he is so NBA ready. His, his defensive savviness um, is also, he can already guard the two and three. I think there's definitely the ability for him to be able to guard ones and fours as well. So he, he can just be a Swiss army knife defensively for you. Uh, Moses Moody's great. Yeah. yeah, I watched a lot more Arkansas basketball this year than I thought I would, obviously, because uh, <laughs> I covered Jalen Tate for Hill's time in Northern Kentucky. So seeing him play at a big school was fun. Um, so, of course, when you watch those games, you, you know, Moses jumps out and uh, everything you guys said makes a ton of sense. Uh, would be awesome for what New Orleans is looking to do. Uh, you know, you mentioned Ingram and all those guys they have. You know, you can't keep that going. Uh, with this young group of core guys, you know, like, you know, obviously I watched him a lot for Najee Marshall. So uh, I think what he does is really perfect for them. So I'm, I'm really excited about the idea of Moses playing with those guys. Yeah. Another fun fact uh, about his defense that kind of popped out to me, opponents shot just 32% against him this season. Jeez. Like insane defender. Yeah, I think he could. I mean, I don't know if he can go all the way up to four, but he could probably guard close to one through four. Yeah. I, I like I said, I think the four, the one and four, those are the outliers. I think one is definitely within his realm of possibility, and four is kind of like the he's man. not gonna, he's not gonna get taken advantage of on a on a switch, though. No, yeah, no, and that team would be nasty playing like a zone or something like that, yeah, with Nikhil Alexander Walker, Brandon is just that team would be nasty playing a zone, honestly, yeah, yeah, I agree. So Joe, that puts you at 11 with the Charlotte Hornets. Yes. And I think this is another team that's going to be picking for fit, not talent at this point. Um, I was very tempted to take Alperin Shengun here, but then I remembered LaMelo Ball exists as a playmaker on this team. And I think one, one guy that really jumps for them is Kai Jones out of Texas. I think Kai Jones going here, um, is a really, really good move. Um, he's, you know, rebounds, he gets up and down the floor. He's just, he's the prototypical pick and roll big that LaMelo can just throw it up there. He's going to catch it. Um, so again, and defensively, excuse me, he, he is a bit raw on the defensive end, but I think the upside is there. Um, plus, you know, with Charlotte, they're losing, uh, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, they lose Cody Zeller and Bismack Biombo in free agency this offseason. I don't think they're bringing, yeah, yeah, they're not going to bring any of those, either of those guys back. I think Kai Jones is a is a great fit for Charlotte. Yeah, I think they definitely take a big man here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, yeah, I do think that Kai Jones is probably you know in the top two of their board. And, and I like Kai Jones. I like big men from Texas. Huge track record of that working out. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same way where we talked about Florida state, just having these long athletic wings, Texas is known for their bigs. Um, and I think that they're going to churn out another successful big here. Yeah, I agree. So I guess that puts me at 12 with the Spurs since you guys have the teams with duplicate picks and the draft. And (laughs) this one's hard um, because, you know, Keon Johnson's still on the board and I like him a lot as far as his upside, but uh, very inconsistent for my loving. And I think for Popovich is loving too. Uh, Moses Moody would have been awesome here, but obviously he's off the board. 
and the Spurs are kind of always about like, getting those high basketball IQ guys that can just kind of come in, they can plug and play immediately. And I'm not in love with this pick, but I feel like this is something where like Chris Duarte from Oregon really comes into play. Mm. Um, you know, obviously they have Derek White, they have Deontay Murray. So this is just kind of a depth pick, especially guys like Calvin Johnson. But, you know, really the biggest, not the only super big knock on Duarte is, well, he's 24 years old going to the draft. Um, scoring wise, you know what you're getting from him. He's going to be able to put the ball in the bucket. And I think the Spurs really could use a lot of that, especially with the uncertainty of DeMar DeRozan being there, whatever that's going to be after this, uh, during this off season. So, um, you know, the Spurs are kind of making this transition to these younger guys. And I think, you know, you're seeing Kelvin Johnson really took a big leap. Somehow is going to be on the Olympic team. Sure. Um, and I think Duarte kind of can be their guy that they can kind of count on to bring off the bench and get some buckets. Yeah, I, I actually, I, I like this pick a lot because Duarte, um, you can knock him for the age thing all you want, but at the end of the day, this guy knows what he is. Mm-hmm. He, he knows his role on the team. He knows what he's good at. He knows what he struggles with. Um, I, one thing I think that's severely underrated with Duarte is his off-ball movement is awesome. Um, he can move laterally around the three-point line to get to his shot. Um, great cutter. Uh, his defense. Uh, I've... I've heard some back and forth arguments. Some people think it's a little overrated. Some people think it's underrated, but at the end of the day, his defense is there. He's, he's great. He can put the ball in the bucket. He's a really good fit for the San Antonio team. I think he fits that Spurs culture um, as well. He's just, he's not looking to be the me, me, me guy. He just wants to help the team win the best way he can. Yeah. And I think he joins the team at 24 years old, six, six, you know, wing that is, from day one, the best shooter on their team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that's a good thing to have. So I think that there's um, some other guys that kind of fit that, that same thing. Um, like a Corey Kispert, you know, that could also kind of fill that same role a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think that grabbing a guy here that could be the best shooter on your team would definitely be valuable. I've seen a lot of people mock like Josh Giddy here and to have another tall point guard that can't shoot and is just good at passing to me feels like I'm in like a fever dream or something. Yeah. I don't understand it. Um, and all I hear about is how San Antonio has the best shooting coach. And yet I look and I'm like, who is above league average in shooting on your team? <laughs> yeah. I, it, it's a, uh, it's a very weird pick. I definitely, I definitely like Chris Duarte more than most of the stuff that I've seen out there for the Spurs. Yeah, definitely not an easy one to make in this situation, uh, especially with yeah. how our draft's going. But, yeah, uh, you know, they love those high IQ dudes who have been around a while and make things mm-hmm. happen. So I think that's perfect there. So, Joe, this brings you to your beloved Indiana Pacers at 13. Yeah. Um, so, again, really best case scenario for the Pacers is somehow Moses Moody falls. Um, but realistically, um, this is also a really awesome scenario because we have Keon Johnson still on the board. Um, I was also looking at Trey Murphy from Virginia here, but I think if Keon Johnson is there, the Pacers take him. Um, I think one thing we know historically with Rick Carlisle, with the exception of a certain Luka Doncic, he doesn't give his rookies a ton of run. Um, I think Keon Johnson comes in, they kind of work on developing his shot. But defensively, you know, they can give him run. He's not going to be a liability. He guards one through three effortlessly. The dude is explosive. I mean, he shattered the combine record with that 48-inch vertical. Um, And his, you know, 
like I, I kind of hinted at this already, his defensive IQ is already there. Um, really great help defender, fills lanes properly. Um, the shooting potential is there. His assist numbers also climbed. He averaged two and a half assists per game. That number steadily rose throughout the season. I don't think they're going to bring him in to be a primary primary playmaker. Speaking is hard, Um, but I I think you just really love the upside with him. Um, If they can get him to develop that three-point shot, this ends up being a steal for them at 13. So I I think it's Keon Johnson, if available. Yeah, I think that'd be one of the Pretty best fantastic. case scenarios yeah. Yeah. yeah best case scenarios for them i i think that the pacers are are not many pieces away um and the fact that they are looking to package um malcolm brogdon who is um let's just say one of their best players mm-hmm. and first round pick or picks um if you're willing to kind of shop around your best player and your picks for a you know a star now to me, that just says, hey, we're ready to win. So, um, yeah, I think that adding adding a guy like uh, like Keon Johnson, I, he might not be, you know, the most ready guy right now, but a team that is already pretty close, adding a guy that talented uh, would be a huge win for them on draft night. Yeah, completely agree. like that pick a lot. So rounding out the lottery, Kyle, you have the second Warriors pick. So in, um, in a case of the rich getting richer with the 14th pick rounding out the lottery, the Warriors would take Corey Kispert and it is, uh, yeah, the third splash brother, really. I mean, match made in heaven, a 22, (laughs) 22 year old senior, uh, at Gonzaga. So, I mean, he has the maturity um he's been around that winning culture and he is the knockdown shooter of this draft i think he is um you know the kyle corver of this draft I, I think that you know exactly what you're getting when he's out there he's not gonna be great at everything and that's fine but i think that you know exactly who he is and i think he's a guy that can contribute right away and we've seen from phoenix phoenix just did this where they took what the six, seven, six, eight guy that was a senior that was 22 years old. That was the best shooter in the draft. And they took him at what? 10th overall in cam Johnson and everyone yeah. laughed and they said, this guy's old and he's just a shooter. What's the point? And look at cam Johnson is putting in very valuable minutes um, in the finals. Cause they know who he is. Um, and so I just think he's a guy that, from day one can contribute because of his pedigree, um, because of the program he comes from, his age, his marksmanship. I think he would be a, a great addition. And again, not a gamble um, and just kind of helps them on that title run really fill out, fill out their depth. Also, if he wasn't playing basketball, would 100% be a Barstool blogger. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 Um, not much to add on Gispert, but I think another just little facet of his game that really helps a lot. I mean, he just reminds me of Doug McDermott, especially mm. where Doug is at right now, how he'll, he'd love to catch it at the top of the three or at the top of the key, but he's not afraid to put the ball down and finish around the hoop if needed. Um, yeah. So I think that's a, a little bit of an underrated facet. I obviously not something that you're going to 
rely on him to do, but it's just nice to see that it's there with him. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, so yeah, it kind of rounds out the lottery uh, for all the different guys there. So as far as I really think like, when we kind of look, we didn't, obviously we didn't go chalk, but you know, uh, what's his face? The center from Turkey is it sang- sanguine? Upper and Shengun. Shengun, thank you. I, yeah, yeah, their pronunciations are very difficult for me, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> Josh Giddy and Jalen Johnson are guys you see often that are in the you know putting lotteries and mocks, but um, I don't know. Like Jalen Johnson, I think is super athletic. I just don't really trust him, and I think you know, obviously a disaster of a season at Duke doesn't really mm-hmm. make that look better. Um, also, when's the last time there was a lottery two years in a row with no Duke or Kentucky players? Yeah. I like I like Jalen Johnson. I think he's going to be good in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I like him. I, I almost took him at 14 to, uh, to the Warriors. Um, but I think if he went to an uh, organization like the Spurs at 12 or something like that, um, or to the Warriors uh, – I don't know. I could see him. I could see him just having a good career. Great size. Um, just, I think he'll be just a, a good overall scorer. He has defensive potential just with his length and, and size. So, yeah, I think he's another player that would be a good fit. Um, not to keep talking about the team I root for, but I think he's a good fit in Indiana as well. Um, just the, you know, an organization that isn't afraid to help guys develop a little bit. Um, put the time in my, my only thing with Jalen Johnson, that is not necessarily concerning, but it's just, you know, we see the high three point percentage, but people kind of forget that it's only on 18 attempts. So, um, yeah, but he shot over, I mean, what do you shoot on free throw percentage? It was like over 80%, I think. Um, so I think he was still, I mean, he was a 63% free throw mm, shooter. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. 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 That's fair. Um, yeah. I mean, it's funny you say the Pacers because I do see some TJ Warren in him um, for sure. I think that that's kind of like, you know, kind of what you would hope to get if you're drafting him there. Um, another guy that we didn't talk about that I think kind of has that same, like, I don't even know where you take this guy, is Zaire Williams. Um, yeah. He, he is just about the most impossible guy I have ever seen to scout. Um, when you go over his story, and how crazy his season was with Stanford. Again, it's not like we're tuning into Pac-12 basketball on a nightly basis, but he couldn't play a home game for a month, lived in a hotel for a month, um, went through some pretty traumatic family um, issues, um, had a freak accident with like uh, hurting his knee, riding a bicycle into a tree or something like that. Uh, So really, really crazy storyline. I believe he was one of the guys on that Sierra Canyon yeah. um, team with Bronny Jr. BJ Boston. So, yeah. 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 Um, and so I think he's kind of the Cam Reddish of this draft where like mm-hmm. he came in super, super highly scouted um, and just kind of had a bad year shooting um, and just really didn't put out great shooting numbers. And same thing happened with Cam Reddish where Cam Reddish was on that kind of super team when we talk about Duke. Um, and Zaire Williams was kind of on that super team of Sierra Canyon. And it's like, oh, we're really excited, really excited. And then, you know, again, the shooting numbers aren't there. And it's like, ah, what is this guy? He's a little too skinny. Well, yeah, he lived in a hotel for a month while other players were doing actual weight training. Right. <laughs> again, he was dealing with, you know, um, some, some grieving for personal issues. Um, I don't know. I just, I think that um, 
that he could be good. I think that he'd probably have to be like, um, you know, above league average for, for being a shooter. Cause he's a pull-up shooter. That's who he is. Um, he would have to develop a good amount shooting wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he does, he could be a good guy, a good guy to throw in there. Um, it's funny you brought up BJ Boston. Cause that is who I was referring to when we were talking about Kaminga. I don't understand why Kaminga was so highly ranked and so is BJ Boston. And then Kaminga has a season where he just doesn't shoot the ball well and doesn't really have great stats and neither does BJ Boston, but then BJ Boston's a second round. Right. And I just don't, I, I, I really, really struggle with that. Um, because I mean, both of them were four and five, respectively, mm-hmm. on most um, on most rankings coming out of high school. Yeah. And so I think that if you just kind of covered up their names and said one's four and one's five, they're both going to have bad bad shooting seasons, and you get one of them, you know, in a top five, and one of them in the second round. I, I think BJ Boston has some potential to be a steal. I do too. I think I think BJ Boston's value has dropped solely because of the fact that he had Kentucky across his chest. Yep. And since that Kentucky team underperformed, that's just got the scouts being like, well, Kentucky, yeah. you know, they're, yep. they have the expectation. Whereas Kaminga just went to the G league. So everybody's lauding him that he took that route, not a knock on Kaminga by any means. I'm just, you know, I think that's what's hurt BJ Boston in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. S- speaking of Kentucky, I do hope that there is some acknowledgement of Terrence Clark. There has um, to be. Yeah. yeah either, to be. either 61st pick or something. Um, Cause yeah. Yeah. That sucks. Really, really tragic situation, but oh, yeah. um, we'd probably be, I mean, we would have probably been talking about him oh. today on this podcast. Um, so sucks that, uh, that it happened to a kid, but you know, I hope that there's something that happens. So yeah, I yeah. do too. I'm sure there will be. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think my other guy that I kind of want to touch on real quick before we closed out was um, Keon Johnson's running mate at Tennessee. Jaden Springer is a guy yeah. I like a lot. Three and D combo guard, um, you know, not necessarily great in the paint, but can shoot from outside and will, you know, loves playing perimeter defense. So he's a guy I really like in that middle first round potential late lottery guy as well. So. Yeah. Um, I think Springer's great. I, uh, speaking of running mates to kind of piggyback of that, a guy that I think a lot of eyes are going to be on is Jared Butler from Baylor. Yes. I think the only reason he is kind of sitting in that l- mid to late 20 spot is because we are still waiting to hear from the NBA's fit to play committee to see if he actually will be eligible to play in I the NBA. It, I think it just came through today. Yeah, I think it did. Yeah. It oh, is he, el- he going to be eligible? He's good to go. Oh, that's a, I, I think Jared Butler. I think that's a home run pick in my opinion. Yeah. Um, dude has probably the most solid handle in the draft. Um, Great combo guard, knockdown shooter from deep. He shot over 50% on catch and shoot three pointers. Uh, this guy is just, I think he's a great option. Um, I think he's more of the consistent three point threat than his partner in crime, Davion Mitchell. Um, and uh, just from de- a defensive standpoint, opponents only shot, excuse me, was it 32.4% against him? That was 39th in the nation. Um, so I think that's all you really need to know about his defensive ability. Um, and then in transition, he averaged 1.13 points per game. One of the highest in D one. I think Jared Butler could be a late first round 
steal for an organization. Tim, do you know anything about, uh, and this, I'm sorry to just put you on the spot here because I don't know anything about him. Charles Bassey. From Western Kentucky? From, yeah. Yeah, he's a guy that was, um, <laughs> here's, here's the top, here's the top eight of the 2018 um, recruiting class, okay? RJ Barrett, Cam Reddish, Nas Little, Bull Bull, Zion Williamson, Romeo Langford, Anthony Simons, and somewhere in there, right after Zion, is Charles Bassey. Yeah. Um, I know he's had a and lot of coming, injuries. Yeah, he's coming out this year out of Western Kentucky as a uh, as a center. And he's like he's very late second round, potentially not even getting drafted. Yeah, which sucks because he's super talented. He's got a lot of like Jonte Porter to him, where you're like, Oh, you're really okay. good, but mm. can you stay on the court? Gotcha. Um, so, and plus, you know, Rick Stansberry is not exactly the guy NBA scouts are going to, to promote their players, um, because he's okay. not the best human being. Um, so yeah, I think, um, I think for Bassey, like he has NBA skills, but I really probably see him probably playing in the G league next year. Okay. Um, you know, whether that's as a draft pick, like Nick Richards was this year, or that's as like, just, you know, getting onto a team and hoping you can make it somewhere. It's uh it's interesting, but. Uh, yeah, definitely had a disappointing three-year run at Western Kentucky. I thought he'd be awesome, and he was just there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think if there's, I think if there's one guy that we, I, I remember when we kind of spoke initially um, about getting the mock draft set up. I think there's a guy that we all probably agree on for sleeper potential: Deuce McBride out of West Virginia. Oh yeah. Um, I I love what he could bring to a team. I've actually seen him starting to kind of climb up mock drafts into the, into the first uh, late to mid first round. So it, it's been cool to kind of see that happen. Um, I mean, it, the wingspan, the, I think that guy can immediately you can plug him in and just be an absolute pest on defense. So I think Deuce is a guy to watch out for. Um, and then the only other, I think the only other guy I really wanted to make a mention of just cause I think he's very intriguing is Josh Christopher out of Arizona state mm-hmm. highest recruit in Arizona state history scored double figures in 13 of his 15 games played. Um, he's got that six, eight wingspan. I think the biggest knock on him was that he was very turnover prone. Um, he put out a tweet after the season saying that he was naturally playing the one before he got to college, Arizona state played him out of the three. So I'm very interested to see if teams look into that when going to draft him. Um, excuse me. So would be, uh, I just think a guy to watch for that could end up being a, a sneaky hit. Um, Cause I think he's got, he's projected early second round right now. Yeah. I've seen a lot of him. Like I've seen a lot of like mocks where they've had him kind of in that Lakers range at 24 area. Mm-hmm. Um, like guys like him, uh, Thomas from LSU is a guy that comes up a lot. Um, I think Deuce would honest. I think Deuce McBride would be perfect for the Lakers um, <laughs> as far as like what they're looking to do, but um, you know, that's if they keep the pick, who knows what they're going to do. It's there. You know, they're always thinking about winning immediately. So maybe they think they can get something better. Um, but yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, I don't really know a ton about the international guys. It's just, you know, yeah, it, same. so it's hard for me to kind of go in here and tell you who I like, like, and don't like, and things like that. But um, the only two that are really three, I mean, we know about Josh Giddy. We know what, what yeah. he is i think shen goon i think i know he didn't go in our lottery he's gonna go in the lottery i'd be shocked if he doesn't um 
his he's got an endless bag of tricks in the post he's probably the from a skill standpoint he's probably the most skilled big man in a prospect in the draft uh, the thing that i think you worry about him is that he's only six nine but he plays the center position so you're kind of locking into he's gonna be a small ball you're we're gonna run a small ball center i don't think that's the end of the world in the modern day nba you could probably get him playing the four a little bit but um and then the only other guy, um, the kid out of the Adriatic League. Um, is that Garuba? No, Garuba's from Spain. That's the kid from Real Madrid. Um, yeah. I'm intrigued about him. Very high motor. Plays the four, small five spot. Has great timing explosion. Um, but it's the shot. Like, there's there's no shot to be found with him. Um, but he is a tenacious defender. And he also has really good playmaking ability in the transition game i can't think of the kid from serbia though um what is his name uh i'm i'm blanking on him i don't know yeah yeah i'm i i'm not the not the smartest with that as well either but yeah it'll be a fun draft i'm excited for it um it's obviously been something to look forward to um so dudes this was fun thank you so much for i'm really excited to be doing this together again and hopefully get some out soon. So, um, yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed the mock draft as we're getting ready for this. Have a great night, and we shall talk soon. All right. See you guys. Later.